Hey, this is Devin Rose. This podcast episode here is pulled from an exclusive Lionheart Catholic video that I have for my members of Lionheart Catholic membership. So uh, check it out. I'm just posting it so that you can hear what kind of, uh, or some of the kind of content that we have on Lionheart Catholic membership. It's not public. It's um, just for members. And if you want to join, just go to lionheartcatholic.com and you can uh, sign up for the membership. God bless. Howdy, Lionheart. Devin Rose with this exclusive weekly video. Two things came together. Uh, A conversation I had in a podcast I listened to that brought up the questions of time preference and inheritance. And I thought they were very interesting. Um, It's having me rethink what my mindset is for retirement, work, um, building up of assets, if possible. And I wanted to share that with you. So let's jump into it. So there's a concept in economics called time preference. You could say you have a high time, prefer- t- high time preference or low time preference. And there's a, a spectrum. One sec. Pardon me, fighting cold. So a high time, high time preference, sorry, means you're, you're wanting uh, to consume. You want to buy something fast, right? Versus low time preference means you're ready to do delayed gratification. You're willing to forego today so you could have more tomorrow, very basically. And there's a famous marshmallow experiment with with school-aged children where they could get a marshmallow now or they could wait 15 minutes to get two marshmallows, okay? And, um, of course, delayed gratification is very core to our Catholic faith. We're not to build up treasures on earth, but rather treasures in heaven, which is in the future, which takes faith to believe in. Um, Those who, you know, enjoy everything now in in a way that's sinful are going to face eternal punishment, right? Um, So uh, that's, our Catholic faith is very much low time time preference. In a natural level, at a practical level, um, this is a great Greek proverb, society grows when men plant trees that they know they will never sit under. So you plant a tree, let's say it's a slow growing tree, you know, white oak tree, that would be a kind of a, you call it like a climax forest tree species here uh, in this area. I think these might grow for 400 years. Let's see. Um, I don't know why it's getting all this other stuff. I just want to know what a white oak is. Yeah, why Quercus alba, there we go. Large, strong, imposing specimen. Acorns are produced generally when the trees are between 50 and 100 years old. So it, it takes a while, huh? Um, pretty, pretty incredible. I don't know if it says how. Uh, has a slow growth rate. Um Yeah, I don't see where it says how long they can live. But anyways, right? So hardwood, you know, et cetera. Well, it might take you that long, 
you know, if you plant a white oak, it might be your children are going to be the ones to sit under it. You never will. And um, the reason this comes up is I was talking with a friend of mine and um, he was uh, mentioning how there's very little expectation of uh, receiving any inheritance. Um, I'm looking out here at my ducks. I need to do a whole video about these ducks, by the way. Well, they're off there in the woods somewhere. <laughs> um, and I don't know if that's uh, something that's a recent phenomenon, but uh, it made he and I think, well, wait a sec. Let's say that let's say that we each received zero inheritance, okay, from our parents, nothing. It's interesting because that would mean all of the work that our nine parents had done, but grandparents and great grandparents, all of that, that effort, that time and labor would actually give us nothing. And actually none of it uh, came down. It was all used up. It was all consumed. And that's pretty depressing, right? And it made me think, man, I want to plant some more trees because then even when I'm dead, even if I've left nothing to my children, uh, but a little plot of land with trees on it, well, at least they'll have trees, a pecan tree, a, a walnut tree, a fruit tree that for 20, 50 years will produce fruit and nut for them, right? Fruits and nuts. That's that's an inheritance, right? That's a, a something that's productive. I spent time and effort on it, you know, to acquire that little land, to plant those trees, to cultivate them. So, um, um, but you know, uh, in the case of receiving zero inheritance, it means you, you, your parents, your grandparents, ancestors didn't do that. You, you inherit nothing. Um, not even a tree. That was planted in the ground. So, you, you know, he, he kind of was thinking about the baby boomer generation and, well, they grew up after the, the depression. Of course, during the depression in that era, the people had very little, right? There was just trying to make a living. Um, but then there was this area of era of prosperity, you know, that the baby boomer generation enjoyed. And is it the case that they they generally just want to enjoy that. Um, and therefore, they have a higher time preference as a generation. This is obviously broad strokes here. There's individuals who are very different in no matter what generation you're part of. Um, so to start with, think about that. Think about what your time preference is, what you're shooting for. For me, you know, I'm in what's called phase two, as I've talked about, where I'm trying to make a living from my own endeavors. And... Um, uh, right now, that means I'm digging into savings every month because my own endeavors don't actually pay all the bills. So I've I've saved up this, you know, this buffer in order to try to build up my own endeavors, businesses, etc. And I've got several things I'm doing. You know, as you know, not just Lionheart Catholic or the Pray Novena app, but Member Drive. I'm working on another project. Uh, that's just my own thing. And these are things, too, that aren't going to pay off overnight. They're things that could take uh, years to, to really produce something. Uh, another aspect here is Bitcoin people talk about low time preference a lot. Well, why? 
hodling Bitcoin is an extreme version of the marshmallow test that never ends. Well, what does that mean? Well, quite simply, it means that with Bitcoin, you have a hard scarcity to it. There'll never be more than 21 million Bitcoin. Matter of fact, there was going to be a little bit less. And some of it is lost. Therefore, if you invest in it, it's kind of like buying gold, but gold they still find, right? It's still the, the price to the stock to flow ratio for gold is like three or 4%, which is about what Bitcoin is right now. 2024, it'll have again to only 1.56 uh, Bitcoin per, per block. And that will put the stock to flow rate for Bitcoin actually less than that of gold, okay? It'll actually become the, the scarcest asset that exists. And so um, it, anything that's sound money, let's say gold, protects value across time, okay? Think about that, right? So you work hard, your labor, your life, you've worked. And if you... Uh, have that represented by money, well, if that money isn't inflated away, it's devalued over time. It doesn't protect value across time if it's an inflationary currency. But sound money does, which gives people a bigger incentive to think of their future and lowers their time preference, right? And um, I actually bought a book recently. And I actually don't recommend the book to you, but I'll summarize it for you very briefly. Matter of fact, I have it right over here. I like this guy. Um, it's called The Price of Tomorrow by Jeff Booth. How deflation is the key to an abundant future. I agree with his premise. I like a lot of the stuff he says. Fortunately, he's also a, he's from Canada and he's very leftist on a lot of topics, you know, he think cli thinks climate change is going to end the world. He took a pot shot at the Catholic Church that was basically off, was wrong. Um, so blah, blah, blah. But he's right in the sense that technology leads toward deflation. It's only because we have the central banking regime that continually inflates money to steal from us, right? It robs us of our purchasing power and it robs savers, right? If you save money, then you're robbed because that money you've saved loses value over time. With a deflationary or sound money, it actually preserves its purchasing power or even that money increases in purchasing power over time. And that's basically what um, uh, Bitcoin then uh, does, right? Bitcoin sound money characteristics and that what it could bring in the future means you're you're actually trusting that uh, down the line, it's going to be worth more than it is now. So I'm going to buy it. I'm going to put my labor and energy into this asset that's scarce that will actually increase in value later rather than decrease in value. This is the same reason people buy land, right? Um, God's not making any more of it. It's a scarce asset. That's why we've seen land property prices explode. Over the years, like people see, I got to put my money somewhere, right? Yeah, multi-generational wealth, right? Low time preference. And here's a dad with his son, you know, watering this tree. And this looks like an oak tree. All these years later, he's looking up to heaven. Thanks, dad. 
So um, this is time preference. And, and by the way, I've continued to work on our permaculture orchard. I'm going to have some updates for y'all. I've been, uh, I pruned the branches as according to this guy, Stefan Subkowiak. Lots of free videos on YouTube about how to prune. But then I've been bending the branches uh, down that I want to be fruiting branches. So when the tree does this, it wants those branches to be trees or, you know, the tree wants to be a tree, <laughs> shoot upward. But those branches don't produce as much fruit. Sometimes no fruit at all. When the branch is more horizontal, the tree says, ah, that needs to be a fruit, a fruiting branch. This documentary, documentary, this this movie video was ten dollars. Um, we bought it, best ten bucks I've ever spent. I guarantee you that. And it was it's a great uh, great movie. Um, and this guy actually has a whole analysis of how this Stefan Subkowiak has this permaculture orchard, how he managed to make this a success. Well, permaculture, permanent agriculture, right? Permanent low time preference, meaning how can we actually make something that's going to be a long-term uh, success? So he bought a monoculture orchard, monoculture, one species, one cultivar of apple. Well, one bug or one virus or whatever comes in that affects that, it wipes out the whole orchard versus a, a diversified set of species all interspersed including things like honey locust, which is a nitrogen fixer that doesn't produce fruit that you eat. It helps the other trees. And then different species of apple and pear, etc. So one takeaway is I'm thinking, hey, even if I work till the day I die, in some capacity, I work till the day I die. Okay, I can do that. If my goal is to pass on to my children an inheritance, right? And not, the goal isn't like so that they're rich and never have to lift a finger in their life. That's not our Lord's will for them, right? Um, but rather so that they don't have to, um, so that, <coughs> pardon me, sorry for that. How to say this. It gives them a leg up, right, to explore opportunities that they wouldn't otherwise be able to, right? And most of y'all will know this because most of y'all, like me, you didn't have a million bucks when you were 20 years old to say, hey, go do whatever you want. And if it doesn't work out, well, you always have a million bucks. <laughs> Instead, it was, okay, you're on your own. You need to start providing for yourself and you need to eat and have, you know, insurance and a car and uh, work a job and they expect you to show up every day and medical bills and you know and then eventually a family if you have a family well now you have a wife and children you don't want your wife to work well that means you need to work and provide enough for the whole family well uh, and i did an entrepreneurship presentation to the young men in our catholic community and said when you're young you can take a bigger risk when you're middle-aged like me a risk it's not just, oh, man, now I have to eat ramen noodles and back to the drawing board. Rather, my family is now suffering, right? Because I took a risk that didn't work out. I have to be more conservative in that sense. You can take that risk now. So similarly, if you provide that opportunity for your children, they can actually start their own business. Um, 
Maybe that business takes several years to actually be profitable. Well, guess what? They have this, this runway, this buffer. It gives them that leg up. Um, so I would, I'd love to have that. And so, well, what if when I die, I was able to pass on to my children gold and silver, okay, Bitcoin, maybe some land with trees on it. Of course, also the love of the faith, skill sets, mindset, all of those, um, you know, wonderful things, 100%, but also tangible, natural goods, right? Animals or, or something that, that uh, they were able to just start going with right away. You know, it, uh, right now we're trying to build a, sh a church, a new parish church, because um, we're outgrown our current church. You see this very much in, this is the cathedral in Cologne, Germany. Incredible, right? We would never build something like this today. It, it would never happen. It could never happen. How many decades does it, did this take to build? I don't know. Centuries, maybe? Um, this is low time preference. This is people who said, I'm going to build this church and I might not ever be inside of it. Now I'll contrast that with the church that was in our, uh, where we used to live in central Texas, one of the churches. This is St. Joseph Church in Manor, Texas. This is what it looks like. It is a metal warehouse. Um. You wouldn't know that this is a church, right? They do have this cross. And this, I guess you'd call this a bell tower, but. And I'm not trying to diss the people in Manor. Uh, Manor is not a rich area. Uh, but one wonders, hey, maybe instead of doing this, what if we pulled together with some of the neighboring towns and said, let's start building a church in a good way where we pull our resources and it might be 10 years before it's built. But we build something that's not going to be this ugly thing, right? This utilitarian industrial thing. So, you know, that's the, that's the difference, right? There's your church from a few hundred years ago. Here's our church now. <laughs> oh man. Um, and, and even if, you know, you don't have a family, you don't have children, right? If it's just you even, well, uh, there's countless people, groups, et cetera, movements, missions that would benefit from whatever you might leave right after you die. You might make a gift to your parish or to that religious order who you've been supporting over the years, who very much could benefit from, from your decisions now, right? Um, and it would help people. Um, you know, my whole family could die, heaven forbid. Well, I would still have, I could still have this low time preference and then choose who would I would bestow that um, you know that stored uh, effort and work that I had done to maybe it would be my local parish uh, or one of these other uh, you know noble uh, uh, faithful causes so uh, low time preference think about that in what you're doing in the work you're doing and how you're saving and what you're saving in um, in, in, you know, thinking about planting trees, um, 
thinking about work that you're doing, projects you're taking on. What if you take on a project and you're like, it's going to take 20 years for this to bear fruit? Well, might as well start now. And then in 20 years, it'll be bearing fruit. All right, Devin Rose, uh, Lionheart Catholic, happy St. Valentine's Day. God bless. Mm-hmm.